This is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's parenting podcast. I want to get into teenage anger management. I was talking to a parent whose teen had an anger problem, an eruption usually around the iPhone. So one time the iPhone was was lost, uh, and he was asked to not look. It was lost at at home, so it was a matter of finding it. But he was asked to not look for it during dinner. Instead, sit with the family and look for it afterwards. This led to an anger eruption. Another time, he left his charger at a friend's house. So he was trying to take his sister's charger, which then this then led to an anger eruption, as you can imagine. In both cases, the anger flare-up was fueled by the phone. It's helpful to understand that the phone nowadays is a variable in many anger eruptions for teens. It's also helpful to recognize that it's not the phone or the absence of the phone or charger or whatever related to the phone. It's the must statements. It's the absolutistic thinking around the phone. It is what's going on between the ears that is fueling anger. So one of the things that's really helpful is to look at some anger management uh, techniques, techniques for anger management. And so I want to just explicitly discuss some techniques um, because a lot of families, a lot of parents can identify with anger, managing anger flare-ups. You know, we have all kind of uh, emotional intensity during teenage years. You have all kinds of overreactivity. You have all kinds of reminders from your 14-year-old, your teenager, your 15-year-old that you are the most annoying parent in the world um, and that you don't know anything, right? And that you are controlling. Um, But it's helpful to look at, uh, and, and there's also, there's a recognition of genetics. There's a recognition of neuroscience. There's a recognition of hormonal activities, and, and there's the uh, teens are going through so many different changes in their body, and um, they may want to cuddle one minute and then completely reject you. You know, the next minute, um, they just do casual criticisms, even when they're not in an anger flare-up. And then when they're in an anger flare-up, as you know, uh, look out. Right, so here you have the amygdala, the emotional center of the brain, overwhelming, flooding the left prefrontal cortex. You know, it's the brain structure that's uh, its functions are learning, abstracting, inhibiting, reasoning, problem solving, critical thinking. So the amygdala is this emotional center that just floods. Then you have the the uh, other functions of the brain, the limbic system overreactivity, uh, emotional intensity, volatility, and and then it can have a negative feedback loop with the hippocampus, memory. And so there, there may be a, a benign stimulus, but that negative feedback loop with memory and emotion may cause the teen to overreact with intensity, with volatility. Because that's what they remember reacting to yesterday when there was a more there was an actual disagreement, and right now the parents are like, "What? I just asked this simple thing, and you're reacting like that." Well, again, so many hormonal changes, so many so many things happening. Um, it's hel- it's helpful to normalize and validate uh, for 
parents, you know, what's happening. That being said, let's look at some anger management techniques. So one technique is the creating coping thoughts exercise. So here's a three-step exercise. So um, one step is to identify trigger thoughts that inflame the anger. So it might be something like, my phone won't be charged. I don't have a charger, right? The second step is, let's identify anger distortions that underlie my trigger thoughts. So I am helpless, you know, without a phone. Um, and then third, and this is the most important, we want to help our teens establish counter responses to their anger thoughts, their trigger thoughts that are fueling their anger. So a counter response can be, I feel angry, but I can be polite and request help. So um, looking to help our teens really elaborate their counter responses is going to build their coping skills. Here's another technique. Let's call this the, the taking the anger temperature. So on a scale of 0 to 10, where is my anger at? So like a front dashboard on a car, you know, you have a certain zone, a certain danger zone, right? Think of like the scaling, the 5, 6, 7 so if zero is completely relaxed and calm, and 10 is maximum anger. And so we'll call the five, the zone five, six, and seven, that's sort of like your, your red zone or your danger zone. So when I get to a five, six, or seven, so, so one is I'm, a, I'm taking my anger temperature and just noting it. You know, you might establish some 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 family sort of established family conversation okay so instead of just zero to ten right calm or explosion calm or throwing my ps4 remote controls or xbox you know remotes or the tv remote calm or slamming doors instead let's recognize that there's an anger temperature and that we can it can sort of increase or decrease so just getting some common language and even saying, hey, you know, uh, where's your anger at on the temperature gauge? So that sort of increases insight and self-reflection. So, and then all right, what about a technique? So when I get to a five, six, or seven, there you might do a mindfulness grounding technique. So you look around you, you know, maybe go outside in the backyard, look around you, notice five things I can see, notice four things I can touch, notice three things I can hear, notice two things I can see, notice one thing I can taste. So sometimes, so really good therapists give teenagers homework assignments and then have them practice them. So um, sometimes <clears throat> what teens do is they practice it's helpful to journal my, my, my gauging anger temperature. And here, what I offered was the mindfulness grounding technique when your scale gets up to a five, six, or seven in that danger zone. So in terms of reflections, sometimes it's helpful to know the emotion underneath the anger. You might Google anger iceberg. Google anger, anger iceberg. It's helpful to understand the feelings 
that are underneath the anger, whether it's embarrassment, humiliation, rejection, disappointment, sad, sadness, loneliness. It's helpful to know the different feelings that can fuel the anger. A lot of times on the outside we see anger, but sometimes it's anxiety. A lot of times it's anxiety, but it could be a number of feelings, a number of feelings that are underneath that anger. So Google anger iceberg. It's a nice little image that sort of um, captures. Uh, it's a good reflection, good discussion exercise. Also, let me just share some quick TRBs, tension reduction behaviors. Uh, so when it comes to temperature, sometimes taking a hot shower or even an ice bath helps change the temperature. When it comes to clothes, sometimes we need to change clothes. Sometimes we need to loosen them. Sometimes taking off socks helps reduce the heat that can fuel anger. Sometimes it's just moving things around, right? Uh, furniture, move things around. For a kid, maybe move the bedroom around for a change. This can be a good distraction technique. Massage, using a foot massage. Movement, yoga, exercise, going out and kicking the soccer ball, going for your PR for a mile or PR juggling a soccer ball. Smell, using a dispenser, dispersing essential oils. Smells go straight to the limbic system, helping to calm the system. So, so these are just some quick TRBs, tension reduction behaviors that can help sort of reduce the anger. Uh, this is Dr. Daniel Vaningen with this week's parenting podcast on anger management.